0: One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. Screen time. It's my screen time, screen time Screen time. Hello, and welcome to it's, screen time screen time time. Time. to "It's My Screen Time Too," the time. podcast where screen two moms time. can't decide how to best celebrate their podcast milestones with an extra glass of mommy juice, putting on a sheet mask, skipping a day of laundry. Hi, I'm Deborah, and I have three kids. Uh, I have Tony, who is nine, (laughs) and uh, twins, Libby and Nate, who are six.
1: And I'm Katie, and I have two kids. I have Jay, who's three, and Kenny, who is six months and co-hosting this podcast with us today. He is on my lap. So if you hear any delighted cooing, that's that's who it is. Well, it could be Deborah, I guess, but it's probably Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Our kids are pretty adorable, aren't they? They mostly are, yeah. So before we start this this episode that's all about celebrating our accomplishments, uh, we wanted to tell a quick story, as we always do, about our kids and something wonderful or awful they did this week. Deborah,
0: Okay, I'm going to flash us back to episode four when we reviewed Bubble Guppies, and I told a cute little story about how Tony talked about the i word Mm -hmm. and he thought that idiot was a swear word and then in episode five in which we reviewed word girl i also told a adorable little story about how i taught tony to swear Uh and he respected the profanity like he knows what it is he knows what it means he knows he can't use it and he's one of those kids he's like a pretty good rule follower so if he hears somebody swearing he's like definitely gets all up in their business about how they should watch their language now my twins are at the age where they're going to school I don't exactly know who all their friends are what they're exposed to and we were talking about swear words last night at dinner it turns out Nate knows like all the swear words
1: oh wow
0: And he taught them to Libby, and those two do not have respect for the profanity. Oh, no. (laughs) So last night at bedtime, they were like, they have a little Jack and Jill bathroom between their rooms, and they were running in between their rooms and yelling like the F word (laughs) at each other. It was so hard not to laugh. (laughs) Wow. So what did you do? Uh, Jeremy got mad. I was just like laughing in my room because I, I couldn't help it. It was so funny.
1: <laughs> okay, so we went to Disney again last weekend. It was hopefully our last Disney trip for a while. Um, and speaking of throwbacks to earlier episodes, I don't remember which episode number this was, but you told a great story about going on a bike ride with your kids and seeing a kid riding on the back of a bike with yeah. an ipad or a phone or something watching a video during a bike ride yeah and we both said that that was pretty out there well i think i can top it really we were at the magic kingdom
0: oh my gosh
1: like mecca for children and children's attention like there is something around every corner for them to marvel over and or covet And there was this family walking with their kid in a stroller, and the kid was watching a video on the phone, like attached to the stroller, instead of paying attention to the Magic Kingdom. Why are you there?
0: (laughs) Our species is doomed, Katie.
1: Oh, don't you think? Yeah, it was so weird. I mean, I'm an adult who loves Disney, and I have been to Disney without my kids and had a good time. But if I'm bringing my kids to Disney, it's so my kids can flip and do Disney.
0: Right. Maybe they had already been to Meltdown City with that kid, and they were, like, trying to get back to their hotel room. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I should give them the benefit of the doubt. It's rude of me to judge other parents. I just, I immediately thought of that story you told, and I was like, whoa. Yep.
0: (laughs) No, that definitely tops... Tops the bike ride, kid.
1: Based on our many callbacks to previous episodes, I'm sure you've gathered that we're celebrating something important this week, listeners. It is our 50th podcast episode. Hooray! 50 is nifty! (laughs) (laughs) We are so excited to celebrate this milestone that we thought we would do an episode Uh, A bit of a retrospective episode in which we talked about some of the best things we've watched, some of the worst things we've watched, and some of our thoughts about podcasting in general. But don't worry, some things about this episode will stay the same. We will still have our screen time in the news segment. And this week, in a bit of synergy, we read an article called 50 Years of Sunny Days on Sesame Street behind the scenes of TV's most influential show ever. Because, folks, the number of the day is 50. <laughs> so this is an article in The Hollywood Reporter. It was just what it sounds like, a story about the beginnings of Sesame Street and a lot of great anecdotes from the creators and the people involved about the The thought process behind creating the show and its early years and how influential it's been on television since then. Rather than going into a note-by-note summary, I just kind of noted down some really interesting facts that I, well, some things that I thought were really interesting. They paid such attention from the beginning to the importance of having a diverse cast and Mm -hmm. the sort of more urban inner city setting And how groundbreaking that was for the time. When you think about it, it was 1969. um, And people just weren't used to seeing diversity like that on screen. Uh, So the article goes on to talk about all the different barriers that Sesame Street has broken. How there are 150 versions of the show being produced in 70 languages. And how they're trying to adapt to the technological age with their own YouTube channel <laughs> and they boasted that the YouTube channel had 70 million subscribers and I could just hear popular MMOs in my head laughing <laughs> what chunk change that was Sesame Street only 70 million subscribers whoa um, and they've also apparently signed a deal with Apple for future streaming content Sesame Street has won 189 Emmys which is pretty crazy. I don't know. Was there anything else that you thought was really interesting from the article? Well,
0: going back to the diversity and the thoughtful way in which the series was cast in the beginning, I did not know that it was banned in Mississippi for a month (laughs) for diversity. That's crazy. Um, And also going back to the very beginning, I, I knew Sesame Street was educational and intentionally educational, but I didn't know that it was kind of an experiment in which they were seeing what television as a medium could do. Uh And I didn't know that, like, the original intention was to provide preschool education for kids who couldn't afford to go to preschool. Yeah, On the one hand, awesome. Good for you, Jim Henson, and the funders and the creators of Sesame Street. Like, they did a great job. On the other hand, why can't our government fund universal preschool
1: (laughs) that's true that's true Um, but sometimes you got to work with the uh, limitations you've been given and I think it's fascinating that they were just experimenting with the form when you think about it like it's only 50 years ago and television was still so new Mm -hmm. yeah and Sesame Street is so good yeah did you watch a lot of Sesame Street as a kid I did Mm -hmm. I
0: did yeah, I remember a lot of clips. I must have watched a lot of reruns because some of the clips are still like etched in my brain. Uh-huh. Yeah, I loved it. We'll link to that article on our website uh, that we have now that is new and um, on Facebook, as we usually do.
1: Um, you kind of buried the lead there. Do you want to do a little <laughs> bit more fanfare about the website? <laughs>
0: We have a website. Check it out. Uh, it's myscreentime2.com and you can find a list of all of our episodes. It links to all your favorite places to play podcasts and you can contact us. You can sort by preschool or elementary school or tween show or movies. So if you're looking for something specific, it's good. And we also um have a quick tag for each episode about what we rated a show so you can see what we thought before you even listen to the episodes (laughs) if you're desperate for a good quality show or movie for your kids and you to watch
1: but of course it's always fun to listen to the shows even if we don't give the episodes a good rating which brings us to our main topic for the day Deborah, take it away
0: this is our 50th episode when we started did you think that we would make it this far
1: (laughs) honestly I've just been waiting for you to get sick of me every episode I'm like is this the time the the penny's gonna drop and she's gonna be like uh Katie I'm just not that into you
0: (laughs) oh no that's funny when you proposed the idea to me like it was around two years ago because there have been 50 episodes we do one every two weeks That's roughly our timeline. I loved listening to podcasts. It had never occurred to me to start my own podcast. I loved your concept. I'm really, really grateful that you had the idea, and I'm super grateful that you asked me to co-host.
1: Oh, I'm super grateful you said yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we thought... Episode 50 would be a good time to revisit some of our favorite episodes and our favorite and least favorite shows because it's fun to talk about things we hate, too. Um, We're going to check and see if we should should rethink any of our previous judgments. Is there anything we'd change in terms of our ratings or how we hyped or hated a show? Um, So we're going to talk about... Each of our most loved shows or movies, our most hated shows or movies, and our favorite podcast episodes might not necessarily be the ones where we discuss our favorite show. So Katie, do you want to start us off with our your most loved show?
1: Okay, yeah. Um. I looked back at our list of episodes and I decided that my favorite show came all the way at episode 34 and it was one that we gave five stars I don't know if we'll have the same pick but apple and onion (laughs) oh my gosh that was
0: my favorite show too oh yay (laughs) funny there were a few that we both Rated fives, though. Paddington 2 was another one that was a... I actually picked Apple and Onion because I thought maybe you would pick Paddington
1: 2. i <laughs> oh, trying to game the system. You know what? I did the same thing with The Most Hated, so we'll have to see if we match up on that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just loved how this show totally upended my preconceptions of the Cartoon Network as a network. Like, I thought I knew what kind of cartoons they had. And they were all those, like, kind of self-aware cartoons for grown-ups that I was supposed to find funny but didn't, in fact, find funny. And mm-hmm. I-, I was just utterly unprepared for how charming and heartfelt and wonderful Apple and Onion was. Yeah,
0: it was really good storytelling, too, if I remember correctly. Like, there was kind of a moral, but it wasn't hammer the moral over your head Mm -hmm.
1: in a condescending way right and there are still moments that I can just think back about I mean like this was 16 episodes ago and I still sometimes think about that scene on the subway where a marshmallow is riding next to jello and the subway car kind of crashes and the marshmallow just gets subsumed into the jello
0: so funny Yeah, occasionally I have the opportunity to tell somebody about our podcast. And the follow-up question is always, what shows do you like? And Apple and Onion is like
1: always what I say. Apple and Onion. Yeah, what do you think? Apple and Onion, Kenny? (laughs) No, that's a microphone. Not an apple or an onion. Don't eat it. I'm I'm so curious. What was your most hated show?
0: I wonder if we have the same one.
1: Okay, uh, so I... I tried to guess what you were going to pick and pick something different, so I put the Who Was show, which was episode 33, so right before we did Apple and Onion. and Actually, we didn't give it a terrible rating. We gave it a 2.25 rating, but looking back on it, I'm just so offended that this is what we have to offer kids as quote-unquote good comedy and also quote-unquote history. Like, these are two things I love, and it just gets my goat that that this is, this is what we can give. We can do better. Truly a terrible show. Anything
0: to and up seems really generous. I don't know what we were thinking. Yeah. It must be our Midwestern sensibilities that we <laughs> don't want to rate anything a complete zero. What was your most hated show? Okay, on principle, I'm going to have to go with episode seven, toy opening videos. We both rated them zero. Although that was a super fun episode to record because we also made our own
1: toy opening video.
0: (laughs) And we had our friend Leah as a guest co-host. They're just awful. We recorded that like at least a year and a half ago. I've watched way more toy opening, egg, LOL surprise things. I think it's proliferating exponentially on YouTube. It's garbage content.
1: Uh
0: It's terrible. I think it's a harbinger of our species is doomed going back to the kid in the stroller (laughs) at Disneyland. He was probably watching like a Minnie Mouse surprise egg opening (laughs) video missing all of the sites <laughs> of Disney World around him. Ugh, I wish that we could just erase all of the crappy content on YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm. And yet we will probably still continue to watch and review YouTube things. So check back th- at the space listeners. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was sure you were going to pick Nutra Ventures.
0: That was also terrible. <laughs>
1: Because my rationale was, because I thought about this, I thought about picking the toy opening videos, I thought about pick picking. yeah, mm-hmm. I thought about picking the gamer videos from last week, mm-hmm. but with both of those, yes, they were bad, but at least they were short. Right. You know? Nope. Ventures is really bad, but I feel like more people
0: know about and more kids watch those toy opening Mm -hmm. videos, so Mm -hmm. I just want to send that message. Yeah, It's not good content. There's thousands of other good things you could be watching. Right.
1: And again, I feel like not good content and like actively bad content, do you feel like there's a difference? I feel like it's also teaching us to be more covetous human beings, right?
0: Yes, and it's like an industry. There's a whole aisle of Target that is devoted to products that companies pay to have on the shelf. It's not like Target buyers don't buy the content from companies. Like These companies pay to put their things on
1: the shelves, and it's all like surprise toy things. I did not know that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode of the podcast that is different from your favorite show? Our favorite show?
0: <laughs> yes. This one we rated pretty low, but my favorite episode was episode 41. And we reviewed A Little Help with Carol Burnett. Aww. We both rated it a two because it wasn't a great show, but it was fun because we recorded together in person. And it was a different type of show, and it had Carol Burnett, and there was a lot to talk about, Mm -hmm. and so I just thought it was a great episode.
1: Yeah. Um, Speaking of Carol Burnett, did you catch that little bit in the Sesame Street article about how she was the first ever Sesame Street guest?
0: Yeah, it was a cute quote. She was like, I think at one time I was an
1: asparagus. (laughs) (laughs) So she's still going. Going strong? Question mark? I don't know. I have not heard anyone else talk about A Little Help in any other context. Just us. <laughs> but that was such a fun episode to record. It's always fun to record in person. So
0: what is your favorite episode?
1: Well, my favorite came much, much earlier in the run. It was actually episode two, Sean the oh. Sheep. okay. Uh, back when I was such an enthusiastic editor... I couldn't even find our ratings like I was I was trying to cut the podcast down to like such a specific length that I think I cut out the port the parts where we rated this show <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it because you know we were still getting a feel for what the podcast was and what we wanted it to be and I was getting to talk about a thing that I really love which is part of the nerdy reason why we started a podcast um it's obviously not a perfect episode. The sound mix in those early episodes is really bad. Like, I just did not understand how to make our voices the same volume. Uh, but from from a personal perspective, and what's in my heart? That was my favorite. I want to give honorable mention, though, to episode 11, which was Peppa Pig. We rated mm-hmm. it 3.75 stars. It was really fun to take on such a big phenomenon. And find the good and the bad about it because again that was one I was prepared to hate but just talking about it was so fun and there were like little moments that I found that I really loved about it and it was also when we stumbled upon what I feel like is a fundamental concept of kids programming that more often than not the protagonists are total jerks (laughs)
0: yeah Peppa Pig is a piece of work
1: so do we want to move on to a little lightning round uh, where we revisit some of our highest and lowest rated shows
0: sure Um, highest rated Mary Ellen 1955 extraordinary Christmas we reviewed that in episode 10 it was everything I would have wanted in a movie as my 10 year old self
1: Mm -hmm. loved it you know what? Watched it again over Christmas with my family and, like, my niece, who was 10 years old, and it held up. It was still good. Yeah.
0: Pencilmation, we reviewed that in episode 30. That is actual good content
1: on YouTube. hmm hmm Yeah. Jay still talks about it.
0: We already covered Apple and Onion, episode 34, and TED-Ed, also in our top five, also on
1: YouTube. Yeah. But, we you reviewed know— that in- also has like their own website that is I mean I think YouTube is just a secondary channel so I don't really count that as YouTube content right right
0: (laughs) and uh probably one of the best movies I've ever seen Paddington
1: 2 which we reviewed in episode 42 Mm -hmm. so beautiful and sweet and charming and if you're one of like the two parents of kids that have not already seen this movie go see it in fact see Paddington and Paddington 2 they're both charming mm-hmm. alright lowest rated we have already mentioned the toy opening episode Deborah's least favorite episode 7 fun to record awful to watch <laughs> <laughs> also episode 24 with a whopping 0. .5 stars Deborah's solo episode Disney magic timer Do you still try to use it? No. (laughs) No. How do you get your kids to brush for two minutes? They don't.
0: (laughs) But at least they're not drooling like toothpaste foam on my phone screen.
1: (laughs) I love it. Uh, We didn't have, we don't have that many episodes that are truly that are true zeros last week's gamer videos was a rare zero but I do think looking back in it that we were too kind to Nutriventures we were mm-hmm. too kind to Horrid Henry and we were too too kind to Creative Galaxy yeah that was a
0: disappointing show I think
1: definitely and Horrid be-
0: Henry was just terrible
1: yeah Definitely back in our early days, we were both stingier with our five-star reviews, and we were nicer about giving bad reviews.
0: Yeah, again, Midwestern sensibility, like, you don't want to offend anybody, you want everybody to like you, so everybody gets a three.
1: We've simultaneously gotten more brutal in our ratings, and, like, more charitable towards the things we liked. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite gritty HBO version that we imagined? I had two
0: of them. Um, so you had a really funny one for Ducktales. <laughs> you proposed. Do you remember? Yes, I like this one. Too. You proposed that we that you just have the voice actors play. The Duck in live action, no pants, and duck butts, (laughs) but Wilfred style. So everybody else in the show is just like a regular person. (laughs) I think that is a hilarious concept that could really work. Um, And then for El Perro E. El Gato, I had a list of like wacky duos that I thought was really funny. Um, Some highlights are Tom Hanks and Oprah. Debbie Mazar and any Kar- Kardashian sister, uh, <laughs> Manny from Modern Family, and Billy Bob Thornton—just uh, a bun- a list of a bunch of like odd couple. I love it combos. <laughs> that was funny, and I, I really, I worked hard at this. I, I also went back and listened to a lot of HBO gritty casting because I thought we cast John Cho in like half of
1: uh-huh.
0: our greedy HBO reboots, but I could only find one in Night Squad.
1: Oh, really? Because I feel like he gets a frequent mention from us too, but maybe I'm just fantasizing that he does. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a challenge. I feel like I'm going to deliberately cast John Cho in everything now. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for the roles of your lifetime, John Cho. They are coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, my favorite gritty HBO version, the one that I saw. Still think about sometimes and really want to exist is yours from episode nine DC superhero girls mommy group (laughs) oh yeah that would be a good show maybe it's just because I have a new baby now and I like want a mommy group and I think it would be hilarious to at least sit in on a mommy group of the DC superhero girls I do it comes to mind a lot I thought that was a really great one (laughs)
0: so did any of the shows or movies or
1: youtube channels that we picked uh, disappoint you in a big way hmm something that I went into thinking I was gonna like it and then I ended up not liking it Mm -hmm.
0: this happens to me a lot with adult shows like things will be hyped or books too Mm -hmm. and I'll expect to love it and then I don't um for me in it's my screen time Two, history school of rock was an episode that i had a lot of high expectations for but that
1: just fell flat right right really i have to say oh no yeah there are two okay so star wars resistance mm-hmm. because you know how we feel about star wars content and netflix's white fang also disappointing. Remember how weird that animation was. Oh, so strange. The Raisin Cadaver Paul Giamatti. <laughs> yeah. So weird. So those were big <sighs> disappointments. How about surprise favorite? I was pleasantly surprised by the Christmas Chronicles. I was expecting that to be worse. I think I still suffer a little bit from the expectation that Netflix's content is gonna be somewhat subpar. But turns out they're getting pretty good at original programming.
0: That was a really good one. And it was funny and it was mostly timeless. I think it'll be
1: evergreen, Mm -hmm.
0: except for the fake news.
1: Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I think I was expecting it to be more earnest in the vein of like a Mary Ellen Extraordinary Christmas. And then when it was a little bit sharper and a little bit funnier, I was just so pleasantly surprised by that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think the My Little Pony series. Oh yeah. Friendship is Magic. I thought that was really fun and really well done. I liked that more than I thought I would.
1: Yeah, I was expecting to be sort of up in arms about them co-opting something from my childhood and making it into a subpar product, but turns out not a subpar product, probably better than the original. <laughs> This doesn't really fit into a category, but I just have to do a shout out to two things that I went into thinking I was going to love and then did, in fact, love. (laughs) (laughs) So no surprise at all. Uh, I have to mention our Disney original musicals, Teen Beach Movie and Zombies, both of which I liked very much and continue to like very much. I would watch Zombies again. Those were good.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Is that a met expectations category?
1: Which makes it sound so (laughs) bland but like (laughs) yes I guess it is. (laughs) So I said I would watch Zombies again but I obviously haven't. Have you watched any of these shows alone voluntarily since covering them? I have
0: not and I feel like at least once in a five to ten episode streak I'll say I would watch it voluntarily and I haven't mm-hmm. and like every family movie night that we have I try to convince my kids to watch Paddington 2 and they won't oh no because sometimes they're jerks okay oh, they just want to watch Jeez.
1: Captain Underpants again I know oh that's like us in Dino Trucks looking back at our list there are some things that I wish I had gone back and watched more of like plot things I'm still interested in knowing how they turned out like the Ducktales or Lost in Oz or even Hunter Street but I think as we've talked about before as much as we like these shows there's always going to be a grown-up show that takes priority
0: for sure um so should we
1: do 10 seconds on what we like most about podcasting
0: yes the thing i like most about podcasting is time with you katie
1: shut up that is what i wrote down too. get out of my brain (laughs) (laughs) copper it's so nice to get to hang out every couple of weeks i feel like i am really terrible at maintaining friendships over a long distance And as a person that moves around a lot, I have a lot of long distance friendships. And I just Mm -hmm. love that we have this excuse to reconnect every two weeks. It makes me so happy.
0: Yes, it's great. Good idea. And thank you for asking me to be your co-host.
1: Well, here's to many more episodes. Yes. Tell us
0: what we should listen to next, listeners.
1: Well, thank you for listening to this very special 50th episode of It's My Screen Time 2. We will be back to normal for episode 51 in two weeks. In the meantime, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a minute to check out our brand new website. Pew, pew, pew. I don't know how to do sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) MyScreenTime2.com. That's right, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, I'm still getting used to it. Uh, You can also still find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at Facebook.com slash MyScreenTime2. That's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments at at MyScreenTime2. You can also email us at MyScreenTime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable children, and our podcast is produced by me, Katie. Deborah is also responsible for our beautiful new website, so, huge shout out for all the hard work she did for that. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Screen
0: time. Screen time. my screen time,